<laughs> hey, I don't know about you, but I think that husband should be afraid, right? <laughs> hey, good morning, Crossroads. Can I tell you something about fear? Is that fear is a funny thing, except when it's happening to you, right? Right? I remember when I was a little kid, 11 years old, I was in a, like a, a magic gift shop type of thing, and I came across this little gag gift. They were like exploding spikes that you can put in the tips of cigarettes. And my parents were smokers at the time. I just thought it'd be funny. And so I bought these little exploding spike things, and I put a, I wait, wait, waited till my parents would go to sleep, and I snuck down, and I put one in every one of their cigarettes. And the next morning, time for breakfast, we're all sitting around having breakfast around the table. My parents finished eating, and their routine was a cup of coffee and a cigarette. And man, I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Finally, man, they light up, and I'm just sitting there going, oh, this is going to be great. And it happened. Bang, bang. Man, I'm talking, Cig- coffee spilled, cigarettes go flying. Man, it was classic. But I, gotta, I, I just got to humbly confess, when I did this joke, man, I made two minor mistakes. First one is I failed to realize how quickly fear can turn into anger. <laughs> the second mistake I made was, was I was the only one in the family rolling on the floor in laughter. <laughs> which identified me as a guilty party immediately. And then of all of a sudden, my laughter changed to fear as I realized I was about to die at the tender age of 11. So, so let me say again, fear is a funny thing until it happens to you. You know, the truth is we live in a fear-filled world right now all around us. We have terrorist attacks, Zika virus, and possible presidential candidates. Scary time. I can't think of a more I can't think of a more relevant issue to talk about because the truth is fear factors into all our lives. Nobody, look around this room, nobody lives a fear-free life. In fact, I, I have to wonder what what fears are you struggling with this morning? Do you know we have an outline for today's message? It's a light purple sheet. Let me encourage you to pull this out and use it to follow along. But right off the top, I've given you a place where you can list some of the fears you're dealing with. What are your fears? Fear of losing your job? Fear of the future? Fear of failure? Fear of death or illness? Do you, do you, do you live with fear of something bad's going to happen to your kids or your family? Do you have fear of heights, fear of spiders? Do you know everyone's afraid of something? Even six is afraid of seven, right? You know why, right? Because seven, eight, nine, right? Okay, fear of bad jokes? (laughs) Some of you, some of you, the truth is, it was a fearful thing just to come to church today. But I'm so glad you did. And I'm so glad that you're here. Now, here's the deal. Uh, Fear is all around us. And as we jump into this message, I'm not trying to say that you can live a fear-free life. I'm not even going to say that you should lead a fear-free life. The, The fact is, there are some things in this scary world that we should be afraid of. What we do want to look at this morning is how God not only gives us the permission, but he gives us the power 
to overcome the fears that overcome us. In fact, to lay a great foundation for our message, I want you to see clearly from the Bible exactly where God gives you permission to be fearless. It's the same verse that Pastor Fred mentioned earlier. It's there in your outline. 2 Timothy 1.7. Let's look at this verse together. It says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now, would you underline that phrase, spirit of fear? And then circle three key words. Circle the word power, love, and sound mind. Do you know, it was never God's intention for you to be paralyzed by fear, to live with a spirit of fear. Now, let's be clear. God did create you when he made you in his image. God gave you the instinct of fear. And friends, it's a good thing, this capacity for fear. In some cases, fear is the most appropriate response to a scary situation. In fact, a recent issue of the Argus newspaper, psychologist Lawrence Moore stated in response to some of the terrorist attacks, is what he said. We've lost our own internal sense of safety and security. To not be frightened at this point would be abnormal. There's such a thing as healthy fear. In fact, would you write this down? It's so important you capture this. God gave us the instinct of fear, but not a spirit of fear. Not a spirit of fear. See, a spirit of fear is when, when you begin to look at life through eyes of anxiety. When you start fearing things that are unreal or when terrors that are completely, they, they become out of proportion with reality or, or when your fears lead you to make unwise decisions and paralyze you, that's when fear gets unhealthy. And God did not give you a spirit of fear. And if you go back to this verse, in the midst of our fear-filled world, God says this, I want to give you the power to overcome your fears, the courage to love and a sound mind to think things through, not to just carry it away by fear and make a bunch of stupid decisions. And friends, that, that's the difference that God can make in our lives in relation to fear. Now, now, the question is, I don't know about you, but if I was sitting in your seat, I'd be asking, well, how does God make that happen? Because I have some fears that I'm facing. I need some help. How does God make that happen? And I, I would encourage you to write down this key quote. It is so helpful. Would you write this down? Fear God and fear goes. Fear God and fear goes. Do you know all throughout the Bible, God tells us, don't be afraid. Don't fear. But there's one thing in the Bible that we're told to fear. In fact, I want you to check out the words of Jesus from Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. This is what Jesus said. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear what? Only God. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, would you underline that phrase, fear only God? See, the principle here is you fear God and fear goes. Now, I want you to, to really be clear on what it means to fear God. I, I actually did a, a, stu- a Bible study of the, the Hebrew and Greek words for fear. Now, the Greek word for fear is the word phobos, where you get the phrase phobia. That's where fear comes in. The Greek word for fear, phobos. And the Hebrew word for fear is yar. I think that's like a fear of pirates, right? Yar. No, it's just, it's like bad humor. Okay. 
This idea of phobos, yar. And when you, when you study this in the biblical languages in context of fearing the Lord or fearing God, when the Bible tells you to fear God, do you know what that word fear means? It means fear. <laughs> Very insightful, right? I mean, it, it means be like fear God. Like, friends, can I tell you this morning, God is not your cosmic buddy. God is not your little genie in a lamp. God is a holy, righteous, awesome, perfect judge, the ultimate judge of all humanity. In fact, on the screen behind me, Hebrews 10.31 says it this way. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now, when it comes to fearing the Lord, I want to be clear. Do you know God does not want you to be afraid of drawing near to him? In fact, what God desires from you more than anything else is he wants to to share a close, loving relationship with you. But when it says fear God, this is, in fact, would you write this down? A great definition for fearing God is basically having a heavy-duty respect. The fear of the Lord means heavy-duty respect. Deep reverence from God, meaning, man, I want to have the type of relationship with God where I love him so much that I want to please him and obey him and follow him. And being close to God, I treasure our relationship so much that I fear anything that would pull me away from him. Now, how does fearing God make your fears go away? Listen to this. As you start to live a life of showing heavy-duty respect for God, deep reverence, God starts just showing up in your life in such a powerful way that you start living with this confident sense that God is with me. God is with me. And friends, when you know God is with you, it makes every difference in the world. You live with the sense that God is big enough and strong enough to handle whatever comes my way. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way. You know, when I was in seventh grade, my two best friends, they were named Gary and Scott. And Gary and Scott, every day when we came home from school in seventh grade, there were these like three thugs like these three bullies who, I, I don't know why, but they picked us and they thought it'd be fun to like beat us up every day. And it was a routine, like every day on the way home from school, like we'd run home in terror because these guys literally, man, they'd jump out from behind bushes, from behind cars, and man, they would just grab us and just beat the snot out of us. And man, it was just a horrible thing, seventh grade, any... If we have any seventh graders here, man, my heart goes out to you. That was a tough year, man. So, so, but, but, but can I tell you something that happened? One day, me, Gary, and Scott were coming home, and we're thinking we're all good because we don't see him, and all of a sudden, we turn a corner, and the, the three guys are just standing there going like this. And we know what's coming our way, the big beat down. When all of a sudden, like, like this miracle thing happens, behind these guys... We see Chris. Now, Chris is Scott's big brother. And we're talking 6'4", 220 pounds in the 10th grade big brother. And these guys, they don't see Chris. They're like this. And we see Chris. Guess what? We're all, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Hey, Chris, come over here. Chris comes over there. And guess what? Chris is big enough. 
He's strong enough. He tells those guys, hey, if you ever touch them again, you're going to have to deal with me. And our fears went away because Chris was with us. Now, here's why I'm telling this story. You guys, you don't have Chris with you, right? But you can have Christ with you. You can have Christ with you, the the living Jesus who says, if you'll open up your heart to me, I'll come live with you. I'll never leave you and forsake you. And I will give you the strength and power to face anything in your life. In fact, on your outline, I love how Deuteronomy 31, 6 through 8 says it this way. So you read this verse, it kind of sounds a little redundant to me. I think God's trying to emphasize, like, like he says it twice in one verse, one passage, so you don't miss it. This is what God says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Would you underline the phrase, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Friends, that's the benefit of fearing God. You fear God and fear goes. And it's not the only benefit. Do you know there's so many benefits that if you would make a conscious choice to say, I'm going to live every day of my life showing heavy duty respect and deep reverence for God. Do you know all the benefits that will come to your life? Back on your bottom of your outline, I just listed the top six out for you. Would you write these down? Benefits from fearing God. The first one is wisdom and understanding to guide your life. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The next benefit, number two, is love and compassion. Like you will live every day with the love and compassion of God. That's what Psalm 103 says. Great is the love that God has for those who fear him. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. How about this one? Number three, God's blessings. God's blessings. Psalm 115, 13. He will bless those who fear the Lord. When you live in fear of God, you will have a blessed life. How about this one? We all want safety, right? Number four is safety. Proverbs 29, 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. This next one is huge. It'll really help your life. Fearing God helps me avoid sin. Proverbs 16, 6. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. And then the last one. How many of you want this? Wealth, honor, and life. Proverbs 22.4 says it so clearly. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth, honor, and life. Friends, this is what I want you to do. Look at this list very carefully. Man, I don't know about you, but wisdom, understanding, love, compassion, blessing, safety, avoiding sin, wisdom, honor. I don't know about you, but I want those things in my life. I need those things in my life. And those are the things that will show up when you live under the fear of the Lord. And it's the primary way, if, if you want to like have permission to be fearless, this is the starting point, making a choice that I will live a life of fearing God. Now, with the time that I have left to share this message, I want to give you like just some, some simple strategies 
to reducing the fear factors in your life and to have more confidence to live boldly for God. So there on your outline, if you turn it over, let's just talk about some simple strategies for overcoming fear. And the first one's so simple. Get intentional about this. Number one is to limit my exposure. To limit my exposure to fear-filled material. You know, (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, part 147. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. Surveys show that people who watch a lot, a large amount of TV, listen to a lot of talk radio, they're significantly more fearful and more pessimistic than those who limit that influence. And it's, it's not hard to see why. Television, the news, talk radio, man, they tend to focus in on fear and violence and disaster and extremes above all else. TV news always seems to focus on what? Bad news. That's why very early in my walk with God, I memorized Psalm 103. 10, I mean, 101 verse 3 that says this, I will place before my eyes no vile thing. Like, I will get intentional about limiting my exposure. Now, there's a simple program, there's a simple principle when it comes to computer programming, but it also relates to you. I mean, it relates to you physically, relates to you spiritually, and this principle goes like this. Garbage in, what? Garbage out. Like, what you put into your heart, your mind, your soul, man, it's going to come out in how you talk, your perspective, how you look at life, how you behave. So that's why you want to limit your exposure. You know, during our weekly staff meeting this week, in preparation for this message, I asked our staff this question. I said, what practical things help, helps you face fears with faith? And, you know, two of our pastors immediately said, worship. Like when I focus my mind's attention on the good things of God, His blessing, love, grace, power, forgiveness. When I focus on God and his goodness, it helps me overcome fear. In fact, one of our pastors said this. I had to stop listening to Fox News and all this talk radio because I realized it was making me angry and fearful. So I started listening to worship music in the car. In fact, if you don't have the discipline of listening to worship music, you know, on the screen behind me there, I want to give you some great resources. You know, Elevation Church, Jesus Culture, Hillsong. You can go online. You can order music, man, that will just uplift your soul. And when you do that, what you're going to see is your heart for God and his goodness will grow and your fears will lessen. Because you'll be doing what Philippians 4.8 says on your outline. It says this. In conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good and deserve praise things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and honorable. The first step to reducing fear is limit your exposure. The second strategy, would you write this down, is use positive self-talk. How many of you here talk to yourself? Man, man it's a good thing. Talk to only, you, you, know, you only need to be concerned if, you know, you start talking. Okay, I would never, never mind. But here's the problem. A lot of you, you use negative self-talk. Man, it's, it's, you don't need outside sources to fill you with fear. You do a good job all by yourself. 
Some of you tell yourself things like, man, I knew I couldn't do it. It was stupid to even try. Some of you, you have trained your mind to immediately go to the worst case scenario. And when you face a fear, you always start out, you start getting, your, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Do you know Mark Twain once said this? I've had a lot of troubles in my life, and most of them never happened. <laughs> Friends, listen to me. Can I tell you, you want to you turn that around and use positive self-talk that goes like this. Positive self-talk is, man, I lace up my Steph Curry shoes, and I tell myself, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what the Bible says in Philippians 4.13 on your outline. I can do the good things that God calls me to do. He'll give me the strength. Man, I, I've shared with you before. I have, I have a real, a very real fear of heights. And I made a commitment to, to uh, climb Angel's Landing. Do you know, climbing Angel's Landing, man, I didn't, man, I didn't go like, well, what if I fall? Or what if I get halfway up and freeze? The whole time, here's what I did. I, I just kept saying, I can. I can do all things through Christ. I must have quoted that verse a thousand times. And can I tell you, that positive talk helped me overcome my fears. And it got me to the top. But I also do a lot more than positive self. I don't just talk to myself. Number three on your outline is you want to fight panic with prayer. Fight panic with prayer. This is... This is so key. I'll never forget one year I was flying to a pastor's conference in Hawaii. I was sitting on a plane with a single mom and her little six-year-old son. And she was so excited to be traveling to Hawaii, but she had never flown in all her life. And she was really scared. She was really nervous. And I, her, her little boy sitting on the window. She's on, in the middle seat. I'm on the aisle. And, man, she, and, I, and I tell her, I said, hey, you know, I'm a pastor. And, can I, and I have my Bible with me. I said, can I show you from my Bible uh, a great promise that God gives us when it comes to overcoming your fears? And she said, oh, please. And I opened my Bible and I shared this verse, the same verse on your outline from Philippians 4, 6, and 7 that says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I told her, you know, whenever you're afraid, man, that's, that's a good like, signal to start praying and God will help you. And we're going down the runway and she said, Oh, pastor, that's such a beautiful verse. She grabs her son's hand, and then she reaches over, and she grabs my hand, and she says, Pastor, you better practice what you preach. Pray for me, and pray for me now. <laughs> and I did, and I did, and we prayed. You know, this verse tells us, man, whenever you're afraid, don't waste a lot of emotional energy on fear. Man, make, make that a signal to start praying. And this is what God says. And pray real prayers. Tell, man, God, I'm afraid. God, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. God, I need you to show up. And, and, and here's what God does. Man, it'll be, you won't even be able to explain it. But he'll give you peace to guard your heart so your emotions don't get all out of whack and you end up hurting people all around you. 
He'll guard your heart and he'll guard your mind. Like you won't start making all these stupid decisions based on fear. He'll lead you in your decisions. And you fight panic with prayer. And then the next one, would you write this down? Focus on behavior, not feelings. When it comes to being fearless, you've got to focus on doing the right things. In fact, Aristotle said it this way. We become brave by doing brave acts. In fact, one of the best definitions of courage I've ever heard is on the screen behind me. It says this. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the resolve to do what's right in the midst of fear. Can I tell you, can I just let you know that there have been so many destiny-changing decisions that I would have never made if I would have focused on my feelings. And I would have never accepted Christ because I was afraid. I would have never gotten baptized because I was afraid. Man, I would have never preached my first sermon. I was afraid. I would have never started this church. Friends, I was afraid. But courage is the resolve to do what's right, regardless of how you feel. You focus on behavior, not feelings. Do you know, I want to remind every one of you, we started this message, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So if all of a sudden you're hit with a wave of fear, and you know it's not from God, where do you think that's coming from? If you have all this fear, where is it coming from? Do you realize you have a spiritual enemy named Satan? And one of his main weapons is he wants, to, he wants to surround you with fear and beat you down with fear so you never get around to doing the good things that God made you for. Let me see. I, I brought something to kind of help me communicate how Satan operates in our lives. I brought my little uh, scarecrow friend. You know, how many of you have seen The Wizard of Oz? You've seen them in the scarecrow, right? Scarecrow doesn't have what? Doesn't have a brain. Now, let me ask you, when a farmer, man, he's planted some good corn, but the birds are all getting into his corn, what does he do? Puts out a scarecrow. And what does the scarecrow do? Tries to scare away. Now, now can I ask you, does this scarecrow have any power to harm the birds? Can this scarecrow really do anything to the birds? Its only weapon is the weapon of fear, right? Now, can I tell you, if I was a smart little birdie and I saw a scarecrow, first thing I'd do is I'd realize, hey, it can't hurt me. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. I don't need to be afraid of a scarecrow. In fact, if I was a smart bird, and here's what I'd do. I'd start looking for scarecrows. Here's why. Scarecrows are great advertisements for where the good corn really is, right? <laughs> Man, I would know if I see a scarecrow, there's probably some really good corn. Man, I'd be flying to the scarecrows. Friends, I share all that. Can I tell you? Here's what I found. Here's what I found. Whenever fear enters my life like a scarecrow, if I will focus on behavior, on doing what God wants me to do, here's what happens. I break through the wall of fear, and on the other side of fear is when I usually get God's best blessings. For example, I fear rejection. 
but I face that fear head on. I focus on doing what God wants me to do. I break through that fear. And on the other side of fear of rejection, I experience deeper intimacy. And I'm blessed by God. Or how about this one? I fear failure. I fear, well, what if I try and I don't make it? But when I focus on doing what God calls me to do, more than the fear of failure, and I push through and I get on the other side, I find the blessing of God's success. Do you know every time that God's asked us to make a courageous leadership decision in the church, man, as your pastor, I'll just tell you, I've had to wrestle with fear. In fact, right now we believe God's calling us to launch a third Sunday morning service. And there's some fear connected to that on my part. But this is what I know. When faith breaks through the wall of fear and we take the faith step, it's always on the other side that we experience God's blessings. Now, this the scarecrow, the fear of the evil one, it's usually an advertisement of God's very best. Now, some of you are asking, well, Paul, this scare- where in the world do you come up with this scarecrow stuff? Well, I can, can I tell you, it's, it's right in the Bible. If you don't believe me, check it out on your outline. Jeremiah 10, 5, what does it say? Like a what? Like a scarecrow in a cucumber field. Do not fear them. They can do no harm, nor can they do any good. See, I want to get, I want to get real personal right now. Because some of you, God is calling you to make some destiny-changing decisions. As you sit here today, some of you, God is like, man, he's, he's not just knocking, he's banging on the door of your heart. And he's calling you to take some great steps of faith. And the only thing holding you back, you're afraid. You're living in fear. I wonder which destiny-changing decision God is asking you to make. Is it to trust Christ and become a Christian? For some of you, you know, you know Christ. You've believed in him for a long time, but you've never been baptized. And the only thing holding you back from taking that step is you're afraid. You're afraid. Some of you, God's calling you to get out of your comfort zone and get into a life group. And can I tell you on a side note, one of the best ways to overcome fear is to get in a life group, get some people around you who will pray for you, who will share life with you, who will encourage you to face your fears and do what God wants you to do. What great destiny-changing decision is God asking you to make? Maybe it's to finally face up and fix that broken relationship or face an addiction. Or no, some of you know God's calling you. Like you, your teenage years were really hard, and you have some, some life experience where you could really help some teenagers through some difficult seasons. And you know God's calling you to work with our students or getting our children's ministry or be a part of growing this church. And the only thing holding you back, man, it's time to knock down the scarecrows. It's time to step up. It's time to show some courage. In fact, right now, I, if, if I could ask you, would you open up your program and pull out this pink sheet in your program? I want to give you an opportunity to make some courageous choices. Now, on the one that says Sunday, 830 worship service, 
When we're showing, we're trying to overcome some fears by faith and start this new service. And you can help grow this new service by joining one of our teams. And if you're interested, welcome team, parking team, working. If you can put that, one of our leaders will get back to you and show you that you have an opportunity to do, to show some courage and make some difference. And now turn it over to the other side where it says Crossroads Care Ministry. You know, when someone in our church family is going through a fearful time, do you know we're a church where we want to help people uh, overcome their fears and know that God is there and that he cares. We're a church where God's called us to take care of each other. And personally, I think every one of us should sign up for one of these to say, man, if someone's going through a rough time, they're in fear and crisis, I'll bring a meal. I'll give a ride to the doctor. I'll, I'll help someone move. Because when you do that, do you know you're really doing number five on your outline? Let's go back to our outline. I'd like to close with this. Best strategy, most important point I'll make is to replace fear with love. To replace fear with love. You know, when Karen and I got married, uh, the, our wedding verse was 1 John four eighteen and 19 that says this. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Would you underline the phrase, perfect love drives out fear? Did you know the opposite of fear is not courage? It's really love because love takes action. Love never quits. Love focuses on others. Love never fails. And I just want to tell you, for the love of God, for the love of the one who gives us permission to be fearless, I'm asking you to make some courageous choices today, to face your fears, to kick down the scarecrow, and to say, by God's grace, I will do what God has called me to do. I want to give you a chance to do that right now as we pray together. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us power and love and a sound mind. Thank you that you help us overcome our fears with faith. And in your love and power and presence, we just pray, God, that you would help us. First of all, Lord, uh, for those of you who know today is your day to finally overcome that fear, and by faith accept Christ, just, just talk to Jesus right now and say, Jesus Christ, I believe you're God's son who died for me because you love me. The best way I know how, Lord, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins, be my Lord. I want to walk with you by faith and not by fear. And for all of us, if you know God's calling you to make a courageous choice to say, God... <laughs> By faith, I will get baptized. God, by faith, I will get in a life group. God, by faith, I will do what it takes to fix my broken marriage or to address this addiction. God, I will start serving at the church and find my ministry. God, no more excuses, no more scarecrows. I commit to do your will with faith and courage. Because you are with me. 
And I pray this prayer with heavy-duty respect for the love of God. Amen.